Hi, everybody. We've been studying on worship. Worship, what is it? This is part five. And we've been having a good time learning about all different things about worship. And one thing about Pastor Terry and I is that we stick with the Bible. So whenever we share anything, there's lots and lots and lots of scriptures because um, we're Christians and everything that we do is based on the Bible. So um, that is why we share lots of scriptures. So there's lots of scriptures in everything we do. And I'm going to share a quote to start off with. It, it, this is by Graham Kendrick. It says, Worship has been misunderstood as something that arises from a feeling which comes upon you, but it is vital that we understand that it is rooted in a conscious act of the will to serve and obey the Lord Jesus Christ. So I think that's a really good quote. A lot of times we think that uh, worship is a place that we get got to get to, a feeling that we get to, you know, a, a like a supernatural aura or something, but worship is an act of our will. It's an act of obeying and serving the Lord, <clears throat> Jesus Christ. And it's it's just uh, being consumed in awe and wonder and reverence of the Lord Jesus Christ. So <clears throat> last time we talked about worship in heaven and we talked about how unified it was, how everyone participates and how it's loud. And I just wanted to share two more scriptures about that. In Revelations 14, verse 2, Revelation 14, verse 2, it says, And I heard a sound from heaven like a roar of rushing waters and like a loud peal of thunder. The sound I heard was like that of a harp, of harpists playing their harps, harps. And they sang a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders. So the sound in heaven was like the roar of rushing waters and like the loud, a loud peal of thunder. Have you ever been to Niagara Falls? That is very, very, very loud. Um, so that's what I think about when I think about this, this, <clears throat> uh, sound of worship in heaven is like the sound of Niagara Falls. It's so loud and so overwhelming. And have you ever been someplace where, <clears throat> uh, there is lightning and then thunder? It was so loud that it made you jump. That's that's the the worship in heaven is just so intense and loud and overwhelming. That's that's what it's compared to here in in the book of Revelation. In Revelation 19 verse 6, just a couple chapters over, Revelation 19:6, it says, "Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like sound like loud peals of thunder saying, shouting, <clears throat> hallelujah, for the Lord God Almighty reigns. So when we think about worship in heaven, it's loud and it's energetic and it's lively and it's unified. And like we said last week, Jesus taught us how to pray that, that the will of God would be done on this earth like it is in heaven. So in heaven, we see what worship is like in heaven. So we want worship like that here on the earth. And it all starts with us. Each individual is responsible for the worship that they give to the Lord. So today we're going to concentrate on our heart attitude of worship. What our hearts need to come to the Lord with in worship. <clears throat> and the first one that I have here is fear and reverence. Now this isn't the kind of fear like you're afraid of, you know, uh, of 
you know, a monster or something like that. This is the fear of the Lord, and this is a holy reverence of the Lord. Um, I have a quote here from uh, Jerry Bridges on the joy of fearing God. It says, the fear of God and the worship of him feed each other. The more we fear God, bowing before him in reverential awe, the more we'll be compelled to worship him. But it's also true that spending time worshiping God will stimulate and increase our fear of God. In Hebrews 12, 28, Hebrews 12, 28, it says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and then so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. And that word right there, <clears throat> um, reverence, means uh, cautiously, and it even means with dread, meaning that we just need to be so uh, so conscious of the uh, person that we're honoring and reverencing, how holy he is, and how awesome he is, and how wonderful he is. And that word um, awe that I read, in the, in the Greek it means with godly fear, <clears throat> so when we approach God, we need to approach him with godly fear. You know, when we approach God, he's not, he's not, you know, our, just our homebody, home, homeboy, or, you know, somebody like that. He is a holy, almighty, uh, awesome, wonderful God. <clears throat> and he's to be approached with reverence and holy fear. And the Bible tells us that. The second thing, attitude of our heart, needs to be with gratefulness and thanksgiving. If we turn to Psalm 50, verse 23, it says, He who sacrifices thank offerings honors me and prepares the way that I may show him the salvation of God. <coughs> so when we come to God with a grateful heart and with thanksgiving, we're also preparing a way for God to bless us. And I think that's a pretty good deal. And 1 Thessalonians 5.16, 1 Thessalonians 5.16, it says, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And we can be thankful. I mean, we could we could spend all day thinking about the many things that we can be thankful for when we approach God in worship. We can be we can be thankful for redemption, for the price that Jesus paid, that Jesus is our friend, that He's our brother in the Lord. Uh, we can uh, be thankful for forgiveness, for mercy, for grace, for healing. We can be thankful for the Holy Spirit. We can be thankful for answered prayer. We can be thankful for the Word of God and all His precious promises. We can be thankful for his angels. We can be thankful for protection. We can th be thankful for the body of Christ. I mean, there's that, the list can go on and on and on about all the things that we can be thankful for God, <laughs> thankful to God for in worship. And the next attitude of our heart that I'm going to talk about is with joy. And that kind of said that in that scripture above in 1 Thessalonians, it says, be joyful always. <clears throat> 
You know, joy or being joyous or rejoicing is mentioned almost 400 times in regard to worship in the Bible. So it's pretty important. It's important to come before the Lord with joy and rejoicing. In Philippians 4, 4, that's an easy scripture to remember. Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say it, rejoice Rejoice means to be cheerful. So when we come before the Lord to worship him, we need to come with a joyful heart, with a cheerful heart, with a heart just brimming with cheer and joy. In Psalm 132.9, it says, May your priests be clothed with righteousness. May your saints sing with joy. So when we're home alone, uh, come before the Lord with joy. And certainly when you come together as a as the body of Christ in church, uh, the building that you're in, whether it's a home or a church building or uh, any kind of meeting room, that place should be supercharged with joy. In Habakkuk 3.18, it says, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. And one of the trademarks of a Christian should always be joy. They should be filled to the full and overflowing with joy. Joy, joy, joy. Um, and we should always come before the Lord with joy. That's such a precious thing, a precious gift to give to the Lord. And the fourth thing, an attitude of our heart in worship is humility. In Isaiah 66, verse 1, Isaiah 66, 1, it says, This is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where is the house you will build for me? Where is my resting, where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made these things? And so they came into being, declares the Lord. <clears throat> this is the one I esteem. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. So the Lord is looking for people who are humble, who don't think uh, better of themselves, who are not filled with pride, who understand um, their station in life. In other words, they understand that God, God is the creator, God is the savior, God is the redeemer, and we're the work of his hand. And we are um, just, we're his children and we're no better and no worse than anybody else. And the fifth thing, uh, attitude of our heart when we come before the Lord in worship is love. Love for God and love for others. You know, many times we come before the Lord and we're just so in love with him. We love him so much, but we, we, even in, even when people come to church, they're so in love with God, but they're, they're crabbing about this person or grumbling about that person or they don't like the worship leader or they don't like the pastor or, or, you know, uh, sometimes we, you know, there might be a group of people that stand, stand on the back wall and, and they, you know, are talking about the pastor before the service or talking about this person or that person. And then they, then they think they can, you know, get in a worship service and worship God. But God hooks those two things together and they can't be separated. We have to love God and love one another before our worship can be acceptable to God. In Mark 16, 29, I'm sorry, Mark 12, 29, it says Jesus is answering a question about what the most important commandment is. 
And he says, the most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second one is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And in John 4, 16, it says, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us that we have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world, we are like him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, in other words, if anyone is in the worship service singing, oh Lord, I love you, I love you, I love you, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. Now that's some pretty serious stuff. And that, that I think would make everybody kind of, you know, take their breath, you know, uh, because that's, you know, I think we've all done that. We've all, you know, sung praises and worship to God, but we're, we're crabbing about somebody or we've holding the fence against somebody or maybe gossiped about somebody. And the Bible says if we're singing praises to God, if we're telling God that we love him, but if we're doing things uh, that are ill toward one another, that we're just liars. <clears throat> and that's not good. It says, to go on, it says, if, we, uh, if anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, who he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. So one really important uh, attitude we need to, heart attitude we need to have in worship is loving our brothers and sisters in the Lord and loving the Lord God. So those are some heart attitudes we have in worship. Uh, fear and reverence, thankfulness and gratefulness, joyfulness, humility, and love for God and love for others. And um, one thing that I found um, as we see in scriptures, there's just, uh, many, many, many places that worship is also hooked up with doing good to others in relation to that scripture that we just read. <clears throat> worship is judged as vain and unacceptable unless we're caring for widows and orphans and those in prison and the poor. So it's really important that we not only look at, you know, oh, I can, I can make this music, beautiful music to the Lord. I can, you know, feel the Holy Spirit when I'm worshiping. But all of that is worthless if we're not caring for widows, orphans, those in prison, and those who are poor. Uh, God's more interested in our acts of kindness than in our songs of praise. Um, and in more than, you know, 30 minutes on Sunday mornings, he wants our whole lives. And God wants full custody of us, not just on the weekends. So, you know, we think about, well, how often do we worship? Does that mean, you know, Sunday mornings? In Hebrews 13, 15, it says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess his name, and do not forget to do good and share with, those, with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. You know, we talk about a sacrifice of praise. 
but God is more pleased when we help others and share with others. So we're to be continually giving God a sacrifice of praise. We can do that all day long. You know, when you're at work, you can just be thanking God in your heart for all of his goodness and worshiping for his love and his tender mercies toward you. And and God is just so good to us all the time. Um, let's let's look at Colossians three sixteen. Colossians three sixteen, kind of talking about how often we worship, where we worship, how do we worship. It says, "Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God." See, we have that Thanksgiving there. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So we see, um, you know, the Bible talks about singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And psalms are just, uh, you know, you can open up to the book of Psalms. You know, it's in the Bible. (laughs) Open up the book of Psalms and you can just open up the book of Psalms and start singing. I would demonstrate, but last January, a year ago, I lost my voice and I haven't gotten my singing voice back. But you can just open up to any any of the Psalms and start singing them. Um, I opened it up to um, Psalm 92. It says, it is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High. It is good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning and your faithfulness in the evening. And you could just sing that to the Lord, just sing that out to the Lord. Um, hymns, it's just any of the songs that you already know, like um, any of the songs you sing at church or any of the songs in the hymn book, like a Mighty Fortress is Our God or Amazing Grace or, or, or uh, you know, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound or Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone. And then it talks about spiritual songs and spiritual songs are divinely inspired, supernatural songs of worship. Uh, to the Lord. And uh, a good uh, example of that, I would just suggest that you go to YouTube and go to a site called Maverick City Music. And um, that it's it's a group of singers, musicians. Um, they sing songs and then they go over into spiritual songs. And if you're questioning what that is, I just go there. It's Maverick City Music. And it's a very good uh, demonstration of what that is. And you will really enjoy. It's uh, very, very um, good. You can uh, just join with them in worship. Um, I've enjoyed just just worshiping along with them. Uh, it's been wonderful. And you can, I also have a couple of suggestions about um, singing the Psalms. You can go to YouTube and find instrumental worship music. Um, that doesn't closely follow a melody line of, of a certain song that you already know. And just open up your Bible and sing sing while they're playing the music. And I have a couple of suggestions for you. Uh, the first one is Dappy T. Keys. That's Dappy T. Keys. And um, he plays instrumental worship music. And it's very easy to open up your Bible or, or just sing out of your heart while he's playing. And another one is Dan uh, Dan Musselman, 
any of you just look those up on YouTube, you can, uh, their music can be playing and you can just open up your Bible and you can read the Bible out loud or you can sing the Bible out loud or you can just sing out of your heart to the Lord, spiritual songs to the Lord and you've got music to go along with it and it really works out really well. Um, when you're singing a worship song, um, it's really important to remember that worship songs have a purpose. And this will really help you in making your worship time fruitful for the Lord, is to think about the purpose of the song, and you can really put more of yourself into it when you know know what the purpose is. Is it a praise song? Is it a worship song? It is, is it a song that's declaring God's word and his boldness? See, some songs that we might sing in a worship service or you might sing in your own time or you might hear on the radio um, might not even be worship songs. They might be songs just declaring God's word, uh, songs that are building your faith, but they aren't worship songs. There's songs um, that are songs just of submission to the Lord. They're not worship songs, but in singing them, we are worshiping God that we're submitting our will to them, him. And there's also songs that we sing that are are songs that are inviting people to repent and give their lives to the Lord. So I'm going to talk about a few of those. A praise song is um, it's generally thought of as a faster song. Uh, one song that we sing right now at church that is a praise song <clears throat> is called Something Good. It's a faster song. It talks about God doing something good in our midst. A song from back in the 70s that was a praise song was We Bring the Sacrifice of Praise into the House of the Lord. A hymn that's a praise song is All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name. It's a bold declaration. It's a praise song. Uh, worship songs are generally thought of to be worshipful and more concentrated on the goodness and the sweetness of the Lord. Um, a praise chorus was, I worship you, almighty God. There is none like you. Uh, 10,000 reasons. Um, bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship his holy name. And then like, holy, holy, holy Lord God almighty. Early in the morning, my song shall rise to thee. Those are worship songs. Songs that are, declare God's word and his goodness to build our faith and give us encouragement. Um, these are songs sometimes that are, are talking about the uh, scripture. They're talking about singing to ourselves or singing to other people to encourage each other. Uh, songs like We Speak Life. Uh, we sing that sometimes at church. Um, I'm going to get the words for that to you. I can find it here. It says, we, spring, we speak strength into these weary bones. We speak the healing power of the Lord, for in his name there are miracles. We speak nothing is incurable because we know nothing is impossible, for, for in his name there are miracles. See, that part of the song, we're not, it's not a worship song. It's a song declaring God's goodness, and we're encouraging ourselves. We're building ourselves up in faith with that song. Or the song, there was a song, we believe in God the Father, we believe in God the Son, we believe in the Holy Spirit, God Almighty, three in one. That's a song of declaration of our faith. Then there was a song way back um, in the 80s, maybe, um, 
We are one in the spirit. We are one in the Lord. We are one in the spirit. We are one in the Lord. Um, and that was a song that Christians sang to each other about the unity of the body of Christ. It wasn't a worship song, but it was a song sang in church services um, to, to build each other up and to show unity in the body of Christ. Um, another song that's just like a testimony song is He Touched Me. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. Uh, you know, and oh, the joy that fills my soul. It's bringing praise to God, but really what it is is a, it's a song telling a story about uh, a person's experience with God. Another song about declaring God's word is nothing is impossible. With God, nothing is impossible. Then there's songs that are songs of submission and dedication to the Lord. Uh, one song that we sing is do what you want to at the beginning of the service. You know, we're submitting and dedicating that service to the Lord. You know, uh, Lord God, do what you want to with us and do what you want to with this service. This is a song of dedication and submission to the Lord. Another song that you, you know, will readily recognize is I surrender all. Uh, that's a song of submission and dedication to the Lord. And then there's songs that uh, are calling to people to the Lord. They're an invitation to repentance. <clears throat> um, come to Jesus and believe the old hymn. And oh, come to the altar or softly and tenderly. Those are all songs that aren't worship songs, but they're songs calling people to repentance, calling people to Jesus, calling people to have a relationship with Jesus. So you can see a lot of songs that we might sing in a worship song service or might sing along on the radio or might sing along with um, on the computer or in our homes might not even be worship songs but they are songs that have a very scriptural purpose they might be songs that we're building ourselves up in our most holy faith we might be encouraging other people with we might be surrendering our own will to the lord or we might be calling other people to a relationship with the lord so next week will probably be our last session on worship. Uh, we're going to talk about worshiping the Lord when we're struggling or in a crisis. And that can be a really hard time, um, especially when we feel like God isn't answering our prayers or God has had something to do with, with the crisis that we're in. Um, even though it might not be true, sometimes we feel that way. Um, we'll also talk about why the worship team in our church or your church might not do the songs that you really want them to do, the songs that you love so much, the songs that you might identify with, why they, you know, might not do those songs at your church um, that you really love. <laughs> and that's kind of a struggle sometimes. Some Sometimes you really want them to do those. So uh, I look forward to meeting with you next week. I sure hope it warms up. I hope it's warmer for us all next week. Bye-bye.